female folk singer is dead after she was attacked by a pair of coyotes. What is the monkey doing? Tell me what's going on. He hit your face off! We actually have a trainer in the water with one of our whales. If I show weakness, if I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. Baby Azaria Chamberlain was taken by a dingo back in 1980. Buongiorno, mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. Uh, my wife, that's, I uh, kind of went a little boratty there. Uh, I can do an Italian accent. I'm sure I can do an Italian accent. Let me just get into character. Let me drop in, okay? Um, uh, um, lots of hair gel, uh, love gluten. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Mamma mia, uh, Linguini, Papa John is, um, World War II did not go well. That, again, kind of Russian-y at, at the end there. It'll do. Welcome back to Man It is the only true crime podcast on the internet where all the killers are real animals. My name is Papa Bear Jimby, as we decided last week, and welcome back to Man Eaters. Um, thank you for joining me. Um, today, we are going all the way back in time to ancient Rome. Ancient Italy. 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 What the fuck? Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's what we're doing today. We are talking condemnation to beasts, the practice of uh, making prisoners fight wild animals, and usually it didn't go too well for the prisoners, a practice that uh, had many long-reaching impacts on society and culture, uh, as well as the ecology on uh, multiple different continents. So we're going to get into that momentarily. It's a very exciting uh, topic, very uh, history-intense episode. If you if you like those, you're going to be happy. If not, I, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe go back and listen to one of the other episodes, because this might be kind of shitty for you. If you don't like history, if you prefer history... Bad joke. I'm going to move on. Um, <laughs> no joke. I have recorded this intro about seven different times, uh, trying to be funny and failing every single time and getting kind of frustrated and pissy with myself. Yeah, that's right. I try so hard to, to make an entertaining true crime podcast about animal attacks for you, and you give me this gruff, huh? You're judging me, you son of a bitch. Anyway, um... Sorry, I want some new medication, and it kind of makes me feel a, a little bit loopy. I, there is no way in hell I am stopping to record this again, so we're powering through. Uh, before we move on to the Condemnation to Beast episode, I really quickly want to give a shout-out to everybody who joined us last week to send questions in or uh, who listened to the Q&A episode. Had a lot of fun doing that. We're going to do one every year, uh, a limit of one every year. I'm not going to do one of those podcasts that does a Q&A every three weeks because they can't think of any new content. There's always new content. People are still getting eaten by animals every day, thank God. I can see how that might be misconstrued as kind of a negative thing to say. Uh, so I, I don't have a lawyer. I probably should get one. Uh, I, if I had a lawyer, I'm sure they would tell me to take that statement back. Uh, for the record, I don't think it's good when people get attacked by animals most of the time. Any, anyway, thank you for the Q&A. Uh, good times were had by all, and um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But we're moving on now to back to another classic episode of Man Eaters. Uh, we are talking, as I mentioned before, condemnation to beasts. Let's jump right into it. Ugh. 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 That's my jumping sound. Ugh. Ugh. Do you make that noise when you jump? I pooed a little. Dematio ad bestius, which literally translates to condemnation to beasts, was a form of Roman capital punishment in which condemned individuals were eaten alive by wild creatures, most commonly lions or other types of large cats. This method of putting someone to death initially originated in the Roman Republic during the 2nd century BC. Prior to that time, it was considered a subcategory of a larger group of blood sports known as bestiari. The practice of sacrificing humans to wild animals, known as damiato ad bestius, was popular among Romans from lower social classes as a sort of entertainment. At the opening of the Flavian Amphitheatre in the year of 80 AD, one of the games was human sacrifices being killed by wild creatures such as Barbary lions. This punishment was also meted out to the most heinous of criminal offenders, slaves who would escape their masters, and Christians during the 1st and 3rd century AD. 
It is not known for certain what the original intent of the practice of Demniato at Bestius was, however, it is possible that it was a religious sacrifice rather than a form of illegal punishment. This is especially likely to have been the case in areas of the world where lions existed naturally and were revered by the local population, such as in parts of Africa, India, and other areas in Asia. Other lion-like deities, such as Sekhmet, who, according to legend, almost devoured all of humanity shortly after her birth, are also found in Egyptian mythology. For instance, the chimerial underworld demon Amet in Egyptian mythology was responsible for consuming the souls of humans who committed especially heinous crimes. There is evidence that ancient Egyptians and Libyans fed lions and crocodiles both living and dead humans. Historians who have studied Alexander the Great's military exploits in Central Asia have offered judgments that are strikingly similar. A Macedonian by the name Lysimachus argued in Alexander's court on behalf of a person who had been condemned to death. As a result, Alexander had Lysimachus thrown to a lion, but he defeated the animal with his bare hands and became one of Alexander's favourite people in the world. According to the historian Justin, Lysimachus smuggled poison to a person whom Alexander had condemned to a lingering and painful death. It is possible he was trying to, I guess, uh, prevent him from suffering as much as he needed to. As a result of being caught, Alexander locked Lysimachus in a room with a lion. However, using strength alone, Lysimachus managed to kill the lion, and after that, Alexander treated him with respect and honoured him as one of the most noblest Macedonians. Wouldn't that be great if that's all you had to do to impress your boss? I think it's pretty great that in 2022, all you have to do to impress your boss is just to, like, log on in time if you're working from home, or I guess, like, you know, bring him a coffee every now and again. It would be different if, you know, to get a promotion, you had to lock yourself in the storeroom with a lion. During the Mercenary War in Northern Africa, a Carthaginian general, Hamilcar Barca, threw prisoners to beasts. On the other hand, Hannibal uh, compelled Romans captured in the Punic Wars to battle each other, and the survivors were forced to face off against elephants. According to mythology, human sacrifice was outlawed in ancient Rome by Nulla Pompilius in the 7th century BC. At the same time, however, lions were extremely uncommon in ancient Rome. Condemnation to beasts was not a spiritual practice when it first came to Rome, rather it was more of a spectacle. Bears, leopards, and Caspian tigers were among other species of animals that served along the lions. It was mixed with gladiatorial fighting and was initially shown at the Roman Forum before being moved to amphitheatres later on. The phrase demiato ad bestius is typically used in a broad sense. However, historians differentiate between the two subtypes with this form of con- The phrase damniato ad bestius is typically used in a broad sense. However, historians differentiate between these two subcategories of this form of punishment. Obicare bestis, which means to throw to beasts, in which humans are defenseless, and damniato ad bestius, in which people who are punished are both expected and prepared to fight to the death. There were professional beast fighters who were trained in specialized schools, such as the Roman Morning School. This school got its name from the timing of the games, which always took place in the morning. These institutions educated students not just in martial arts, but also the mannerisms and training of various animals. The combatants were only allowed to bring in a single spear to the arena with them, and they were clad in a tunic. Sometimes they were also allowed to bring in a short sword. They were occasionally helped by people known as ventators. Venetators. They were occasionally helped by people known as venetators. Uh, venators. They were occasionally assisted by people known as venators, who were hunters and utilized weapons such as bows, spears, and whips. These staged fights consisted of animals hunting and fighting each other rather than humans being put to death. A wide variety of animals, including elephants, wild boar, buffaloes, Bears, lions, tigers, leopards, hyenas, and wolves were utilized in this experience. Marcus Fulvius Norbilor uh, organized the first staged hunting, which was called Venetio in Latin and featured lions and panthers. 
It took place at the Circus Maximus in 186 BC on the occasion of the Greek conquest of Aetola and featured the animals, lions, and panthers. Underground passageways are still present in the Colosseum and other circuses. These passages were once used to lead animals to the main arena. Two Roman generals, Lucius Aemilius Paulus Macedonius and Scipio, Scipio, Scipio uh, Amil, Anus. Amil Anus, I'm just going to go with that, are credited with introducing the practice of throwing criminals to lions in ancient Rome. Lucius Aemilius Paulus Macedonius is known for his victory over the Macedonians in 167 BC, and Amil Anus, which we're just going to call him from now on, uh, was known for his conquest of the African city of Carthage in 146 BC. In the beginning, it was a form of military punishment, which may have been adopted from the Carthaginians. Rome's early usage of the practice was reserved for non-Roman military allies who were found guilty of betraying the Roman cause or deserting. Those who were punished were either bound to columns or thrown to animals while they were practically defenseless. This practice, as I mentioned before, was known as obicare bestils, and I'm sure I am uh, pronouncing that incorrectly. The following are some examples of damniato ad bestius that have been documented to have occurred in ancient Rome. Strabo was present during the crucifixion of Cerulius, the leader of the slave revolt. According to the poet Marshall's account in his book, The Book uh, of Spectacles, the outlaw, uh, get better names, Laurelius was sacrificed and then consumed by both an eagle and a bear after his death. Documentation of similar executions can be found in the works of Seneca the Younger, Apuleius, Titus Lucretius Carus, and Petrinus Arbiter. Cicero was outraged by the fact that a man was thrown to wild animals in order to provide entertainment for the crowd solely on the basis that people thought he was ugly. <laughs> oh, man. If that kind of thing existed today, I'd be fucked, man. I would be... Yeah, I'm the first guy to get his nuts pecked off by a pigeon. In that case, Jesus. According to Suetonius' uh, account... All these people, by the way, I'm sorry there's just random names thrown in. This is just what the book said. Um, so try to keep up. According to Suetonius's account, when the cost of meat became prohibitively expensive, Emperor Caligula issued an order mandating that all prisoners, regardless of their transgressions, be fed to circus animals. Condemnation to beasts was a method of showcasing battles that were popularized by Pompey. During his second consulate in the year 55 BC, Pompey, or Pompey I think it is, Pompey, staged a fight between heavily armed gladiators and 18 elephants. Now, before we move on, I don't think I get the information here. Who do you think won that battle? The 18 elephants or the heavily armed gladiators? Let me know in the comments below, of which there are none. This is not a YouTube video, uh, but... It sounded, it sounded right to say that. Anyway, tigers were often the most sought-after animals for condemnation to beasts, so significant numbers of them were brought to Rome specifically for the purposes of being used in the practice. The brown bears were imported from Gaul, Germany, and even North America, but they did not fare well with the public. It was ordered that several municipalities should provide food for animals in transit and not delay their stay for more than a week if it could be avoided. A number of historians are of the opinion that the North American wildlife suffered. Uh, sorry, the North African. North Af. Did I get this wrong? I'm gonna. I'm so sorry. The brown bears were brought from North Africa, not from North America. I was. I was thinking that was weird. Anyway, um, yes. Anyway, a number of historians are of the opinion that the North African wildlife suffered as a result of the massive export of animals to Rome. Damniatio ad bestius was first used as a legal tactic to prosecute Christians in the first century AD. And this is where popular culture gets in. I think that um, when you think of condemnation to beasts, uh, this is where your mind goes first. It's very famous, feeding Christians to lions. Uh, you know, it, it, I, I remember hearing a joke. This is why modern Christians in like America, they love to like play the victim that they feel like they're being persecuted because it's in their origin story. And this is the origin story here. Uh, and I, it's, that was kind of mean. If you're a believer, I, I apologize. That's, I'm not one, but good for you. Uh, and I'm sorry that your great, 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 great spiritual ancestors had to fight a uh, lion. <clears throat> anyway, 
Tacitus reports that during the first prosecution of Christians under the reign of Nero, after the fire of Rome in AD 64, victims were thrown to dogs while wrapped in animal skins, a practice known as uh, tunica molstra. This tradition was continued by subsequent emperors who took it into the arena and utilized animals of a bigger size. It was the intention of those who applied the practice of Damiato ad bestias to Christians to connect them in some way with the most heinous of criminals who were typically punished in this kind of manner. The prevalence of Christians among those who were sentenced to death in the Roman arena was thought to have been significantly inflated in earlier times, according to the consensus of a large number of experts in the field in the modern day. There is not a shred of evidence to suggest that a single Christian was put to death in the Colosseum of Rome. That in itself is quite a large um, misnomer, not misnomer, uh, you know, people think, I can't remember what the, what the word is, people think that, uh, yeah, that, that Christians were the main people who died in the Colosseum, but that's not true. They didn't die there. They, they obviously were tortured and put to death in other um, amphitheaters in Rome, but the Colosseum, uh, there is no evidence that Christians were uh, condemned to beasts there. According to the rules of the Roman Empire, Christians were caught proven guilty of high treason, participation... Oh, these are the crimes, sorry, that, that they've been charged with. Um, yep, guilty of high treason, participation in an illegal assembly known as a Caliglium Elysium or Coecus Nocturnium uh, was likened to be a member of, the, of a riot at the time. Um, Essentially, what it's saying there is that if you were caught like praying with your family, um, they basically said that, that was like the same as causing a riot. Um, so you were, yeah, you were charged with rioting, basically. Christians assembled in secret at night to perform their religious rituals. For their refusal to honor images of, of the emperor by offering libations and incense, they were classified as one of the following according to the 12 tables. Number one, dissenters from the state gods. Number two, followers of magic that was against the law. Number three, confessors of a religion that was not authorized by the law. The widespread use of the brutal practice of sacrificing Christians to animals is documented by the early Christian author Terulian from the 2nd century AD. He claims the general populace blamed Christians for any general calamity and that uh, the following natural calamities, people would scream out, Away with them to the lions! I guess that's what they would say. I mean, it would have been an Italian accent, but... That's, yeah. Away with them to the lions. Linguini. This, <laughs> this is the only, <laughs> this is the only record that has been found from contemporary sources that specifically mentions Christians being thrown to lions. Terulian also wrote that Christians started staying away from theatres and circuses because those venues were associated with the area uh, where they were tortured. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think if you were, uh, like, what's what's an analog here? Um, if you were, I guess, a Jew living in uh, 1950s, like Europe, you probably wouldn't be hanging around death camps just because of the, uh, yeah, the vibe. <laughs> that might be the biggest underreaction I've ever said in my life, but yeah, the death camps had bad vibes for Jewish people. It's also interesting that they say that, um, you know, uh, that Christians were sort of blamed for just natural calamities or bad things happening. Ow, I just hit my thing. Uh, the Christians were blamed for that kind of stuff because it's eerily similar to modern anti-Semitism or like, you know, anti-Semitism of the 20th century um, where if something goes wrong, uh, people blame the Jews. Uh, and that happens while well, it's happening today. Um, but it obviously happened in, you know, around World War II, uh, but much before that as well, for the Black Plague, people blame the Jewish population as well uh, for no reason. And it's similar to, to what's happened here with, with Christians. <clears throat> this, uh, sorry, where are we up to? Uh, oh, according to the Passion of St. Per, uh, per, 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 <laughs> Perpetua, St. Felicitius and their companions, a text that purports to be an eyewitness account of a group of Christians condemned to death by animal at Carthage, AD 203, it is stated that the men were required to dress in the robes of a priest of the Roman, and, Roman god Saturn, and the women were required to dress as priestesses of Circes, and were shown to the crowd as the men and women were taken outside in separate groups. The men were put in contact with a number of different wild animals first, followed by the women. The victims were shackled on poles or platforms that were raised above ground level. Those individuals who were fortunate enough to survive the initial onslaughts from the animals were either forced to face down more attacks from animals or were put to death in front of the crowd by gladiators. Jesus Christ. Literally Jesus Christ. 
If you were in Italy back then, I just just don't say that name. Just call him Justin Christmas. We'll call him that. That's yeah. No, you can't arrest me, Mister Roman. I'm not praying to Jesus Christ, whoever that is. I'm praying to Justin Christmas. Hmm. Roman laws, which are known to us through collections created by the Byzantines, such as the Code of Theodosius, fucking goddamn these long names, blah, 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 <laughs> and the Code of Justinian, established which criminals could be thrown to beasts as a kind of capital punishment. They were as follows. Number one, those who deserted the army during Caracalla's rule. Number two, those who employed sorcerers to cause harm to others. That's a weird rule. I, w- I would love to know if that's still a rule anywhere. You know, it's illegal to get a witch to put a curse on your boss. Like that movie, Charlie Wilson's War. <laughs> that's a great movie, by the way. I watched it last night. You should watch that. Um, uh, the, the legislation was reinstalled. Oh, this legislation. Okay, that's interesting. The legislation that bans you from um, employing a sorcerer to harm someone else was reintroduced in the year 357 AD by Constant, uh, Constantius II, also known as Poisoners. Oh, according to the law of Cornelius, uh, 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 sorry, people who did this were crucified, plebeians were thrown to the lions, and slaves had their heads thrown off, uh, cut off, sorry. Okay, the next crime that could be uh, punished with death by beast, counterfeiters, who ran the risk of being set on fire to death, political cr- criminals, for instance, after the overthrow and murder of Commodus, the new emperor put both of the attendants of Commodus as well as Narcissus, Narcissus, Narcissus <laughs> I hate these names, the man who had strangled Commodus to lions. Even though Narcissus was responsible for the rise to power of the new emperor, he was still guilty of the crime of killing the previous monarch. Uh, Menestus, the man who plotted the murder of Emperor Aurelian, received the same punishment as other conspirators. Patricides, who were generally drowned in a le- this is great, who were generally drowned in a leather sack filled with snakes, but who may be thrown to uh, beasts if suitable bodies of water were not available. That's great. Wouldn't that be... You, you've been sentenced to death. They said, okay, so here's how we're going to do it. We're going to sew you into a leather sack and fill it with snakes, and then we're going to throw that into the river uh, where you will be drowned and bitten to death. Uh, and you go, oh, that sucks. And then they say, uh, actually, don't worry. Um, we can't find a suitable body of water nearby. And you go, thank goodness. That's great. Well, so what now? Well, now you're going to be thrown into a coliseum and you have to fight fucking bear. Um, I don't know what I'd prefer. I guess I'd prefer the bear. I just don't like leather sacks. <laughs> I'm fine with the snakes. I just don't like leather, leather sacks. Um, provocateur, pro- <laughs> people who started rebellions, who according to their social standing were either crucified, given to wild beasts, or banished from the land. And here's one. Those who kidnapped infants for ransom were subject to the law that was passed in the year 315 AD by Emperor Constantine the Great, which stated that perpetrators could either be decapitated or thrown to wild animals. I doubt that they got the choice of which would happen to them. I think it was down to the to the judge or the court or whoever it was that made the decision. Um Mosaics from around the year 200 AD, depicting beast fighters and criminals being put to death by Zillian's leopard. The individual who was sentenced did not have access to his civil rights. They were unable to draw a will, and his property was taken away from him. The military servants and their offspring were granted an exemption from Demnato ad bestius law. In addition, the legalization of Petronius, also known as Lex Petronia, was passed in the year AD 61, and it prohibited masters from sending their slaves to be eaten by animals without first obtaining a legal judgment. Well, that's good. Baby steps in the right direction here, Rome. Good job. Before putting on a battle between experienced gladiators and animals, the local rulers were supposed to confer with a Roman deputy. Condemnation to beasts was a... F- uh, as a sorry. As a form of capital punishment, condemnation to beasts was outlawed in Rome in the year 681. So this is where I, the original information ran out. I was really interested in finding out when did this end? Because I actually had, had no idea. I'm like, this could have ended... You know, a thousand years ago, it could have ended a hundred years ago. I don't know when how recent this was a practice in you know the Roman Empire to you know sentence people to death by being eaten by animals. But in the capital in Rome, it became illegal in AD six hundred eighty one. However, 
It was still used after that in the Byzantine Empire um, in for another 400 or so years. In 1022 AD, five disgraced generals were apprehended for hatching a conspiracy against the emperor, Emperor Basil II. They were imprisoned and their property was stolen, but the royal eunuch who supported them was thrown to lions. Wow. At the same time in the Middle Ages, a bishop from Sarlilar, I don't know what that is, was using the bishop's castle, which is located in what is now Estonia, to impose the damnato ad bestia sentence on criminals. Uh, I have a list of victims of notoriety. See if you know any of these. I don't think you will, because they're very, very random and long names. This is really just an exercise for you to laugh at my bad pronunciation. So we have uh, Ignatius of Antioch, who was a historical figure in Rome. Uh, we have Blandina, <laughs> Blandina, which is like a really sad name for a woman. Blandina. Well, she's kind of bland. Yeah, her name's Blandina. Um, the names Perpetua and Felicity, as well as Sertorius and others. This is badly written. Uh, Germanicus, around the latter half of the second century. Sim- Simnar. Simnar. <laughs> Euphemia. Marcinia, princess of Mauritania. Fuck me. Agapius. <laughs> this guy's name's Agapius. What a fucking loser. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a story of a guy named Daniel, which may be found in the book of the same name. There is an early account of evading death by being devoured. The Greek author Apian wrote about a slave named Andro- Androcles. Androcles. It's like Hercules, but Andro, Androcles, in the first century AD. The story takes place during the reign of Caligula and recounts how Androcles was thrown to a lion after being found running away from his master. Andrew, I'm just going to call him Andrew. This is ridiculous. Andrew offered an explanation as to why the lion didn't kill him, stating that he once saved the lion's life by removing a thorn from its paw while he was hiding in Africa, and the lion still remembered him. That's cute. I love that. Paul, according to Apophcria in the middle medieval stories based on his note, when I have fought with monsters at Ephesus, which is in 1 Corinthians, uh, this is in the Bible, I forgot to mention that, in <laughs> Corinthians, um, uh, the apocryphal tale in the Acts of Paul and Theclia has a character named Th- Theclia, okay, the live tale of Emperor Gallinius includes a recounting of an incident in which he narrowly escaped uh, capture in the Augustan history. A man was approached after selling glass to the emperor's wife in place of precious diamonds. Ooh, yeah, don't try to sell the emperor's wife fucking fake diamonds, bro. Gallinius handed down the sentence of having him stand before a pride of lions, but he instructed that a capon, ra- a capon? A capon? Rather than a lion he brought into the arena. Okay. After that, the herald of the emperor stated, He has fabricated and was treated the same. The businessman was subsequently allowed to go free. That was poorly written by the source, but basically uh, there was a guy who sold fake diamonds to this chick and they were like, fuck you, dude. Um, You're going to be eaten by lions. But then they put a cap on. I don't even know what that is. I guess it's like a small kind of extinct lion in there instead, and they didn't do anything, and so they freed him, which was pretty good, I guess. In the 4th century AD, Christian prosecutors were no... Sorry, Christian persecutors were no longer effective. The Edict of Milan, which was issued in 313 AD, granted them freedom of worship. So Christians were officially allowed to practice Christianity, which is I've always found interesting that that then became the capital of Christianity in Rome, or at least Catholicism, but uh, I guess that's a little weird. The Roman Empire eventually fell apart, and with it the practice of sending criminals to die along wild animals. The practice was made illegal within city limits of Rome in the year 681. However, in certain parts of Eastern Europe, this form of punishment was occasionally still administered. Uh, I mentioned a case before when, uh, in 1022, a sentence of this kind was handed down to a eunuch for their involvement in a general's attempt to overthrow Emperor Basil II. Now, when I was looking into this, I was like, okay, so that's cool. What is the last possible recorded case of people being like sentenced to death by a government, like legally being, not like tortured by animals, because I'm sure that's happened a lot and it still does happen. I'm not saying like a cartel feeding a dude to a dog or whatever. As horrible as that is, that's not 
like a legal death sentence. I really want to know what is the last time in human history a legal death sentence has been handed down where the where the sentence was you die by animal. And the answer is that it's shockingly recent. Um it it occurred in 1940. And I was like, okay, 1940, where was the ah oh, fuck? What was going on in 1940? <sighs> World War II was going on in 1940. That's right. Nazis are here. The Nazis are in the story. The Nazis did it. They made it in. Within the span of contemporary history, the practice was carried out once more. A number of prisoners at a Nazi concentration camp were forced to engage in combat with a bear by order of their captors in World War II. This is generally agreed to be the last time in human history that condemnations to beasts has been effectively used. And yeah, and that is the story of Condemnation to Beasts. Again, a massive topic. There is a myriad of sources and information out there. If you're interested in this topic, please go and investigate it yourself. I barely touched the surface. If I was going to talk about everything, this episode would go for hours and hours and hours, and apparently you guys don't like that. So I've barely scratched the surface there. Hopefully you've enjoyed that little brief overview of of Condemnation to Beasts. Uh, Crazy how the Nazis made it in. It's weird how they can fucking weasel their way into every story. Uh, uh, but yeah, from the beginning of uh, you know ancient Egypt's uh, mythology to World War II, condemnation to beasts occurred. Many people died in horrific deaths in awful ways. And it was almost like back then, because they didn't have television or any other form of entertainment, th- people were just horrible to each other. The lower forms of society, they were just so bored that they would pay to see like just not not even murderers or rapists, like tax evaders or people who were selling diamonds to people, fake diamonds to people. They were the ones who were being sentenced to death. So it's it's wild. It's wild how cruel people used to be. I think people talk a lot today about there being a lack of empathy for your fellow neighbor. Um, I think that it's a lot better than fucking making them fight eagles and bears and hippopotamuses and stuff like that. So that's that story. I hope you like it. Moving on now, we have a new segment today called uh, Jimmy Made a Fucky Wucky. Uh-oh. Um, I have a correction to make. Last week, I was asked a question in the Q&A, which was, um, can you rank the great apes in terms of like who would win in a battle royale? And Silly, silly of me, silly, silly, Louis James. I included uh, baboons and another type of monkey <laughs> in that list. Baboons are not, in fact, members of the great ape species. Uh, so I wanted to clarify that. In fact, there are really only four members of the. Um, well, there's eight members of this group, but there's really only four. Um, so there are there's human beings, and there's obviously we know that there's only one species of human beings. There's two species of chimpanzee. There's the bonobo chimpanzee and the common chimpanzee. The common chimpanzee is the one that you're familiar with. Bonobo are like just slightly smaller versions, but they're so similar that like they're just they're chimpanzees as well. Then you have gorillas. You have two different subspecies of gorillas. Uh, and then you have uh, orangutan, which there are three sort of subspecies of orangutan as well. So I'm going to just answer that question again. Um, and I'm just going to talk those four. Humans are probably going at the bottom. It depends on the human. It depends on the orangutan. Like I said last week, orangutans seem to be pretty, like, not docile, but they don't seem to be as aggressive as chimps and gorillas are. So I think I could maybe take a small orangutan down, just, like, punch it in its stupid fucking dinner plate face. This stupid fucking face. We'll see. So it goes human, then orangutan, or maybe orangutan human. And I still think, you know, if it's a chimp versus a, a, a gorilla, man, that chimp can get around. They're fast. They're jumpy. They bite. They've got fangs. If it, if it can avoid getting a punch in the dick by a gorilla, I think the chimp's got a real a real, a real case of uh, potentially winning. So I'm going to say the chimp is number one and the, uh, the, the gorilla is number, number two. So yeah, human, orangutan. Gorilla, chimpanzee, no baboon, no mandrill. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And that has been the newest uh, 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 segment on the show. Jimmy made a fucky wucky. And if anyone wants to make a little, you know, theme song for Jimmy made a fucky wucky, uh, I'm sure that I've made many mistakes. Maybe we'll have an episode where it's just me correcting my mistakes. It's an entire Jimmy made a fucky wucky episode, uh, but we'll see. Okay, moving on to. The final segment of the day, we've got the scratch of the day. Um, Of course, the scratch of the day, one of my favorite parts of the show. 
We look into the news uh, in the last few weeks, see what animal attack stories have happened, and we just dive into it and we have a little read. So here we go. I've got three stories for you today. As usual, we've got three. We have a teen who fended off a mountain lion by herself. That seems to be a, a moderately happy story, so that's going to go at the end. We have, this one's kind of sad, uh, a rabid pet cat attacks the owner after an encounter with a wild animal. And uh, we have a shocking footage showing a leopard attacking a biker and terrorizing a village. So we are going to start with this rabid pet cat. Rabid pet cat, say that a hundred times really fast, attacks owner after an encounter with a wild animal. Here we go. This is brought to you by Newsweek. Jack Beresford is reporting. Thank you, Jack. Okay. A pet cat attacked their owner after contracting rabies from a wild animal in North Carolina, officials say. Brunswick County Health Services is urging local residents to stay aware and take precautions to protect themselves after the feline tested positive to the fatal disease. The cat is suspected of contracting the virus after being injured during an encounter with an unspecified wild animal earlier this month, according to authorities. The encounter is said to have occurred in the south-central region of Brunswick County. The cat subsequently became ill and later attacked its owner and was taken to a veterinarian where it was euthanized. Further tests had confirmed the cat had rabies. The owner has received the necessary rabies vaccinations following the attack, Brunswick County Health Services said. The cat was not up to date with its rabies vaccines at the time of the incident. Under North Carolina state law, all domesticated dogs, cats, and ferrets must be vaccinated against rabies by the time they reach four months of age. It is also a requirement to maintain these rabies vaccinations throughout the pet's life with regular booster shots required. There are no legal waivers or (laughs) expectations to this rule. There you go. The Health Services and the Animal Protective Service Division at the Brunswick Sheriff's Office has launched an investigation following the incident. That's really sad. Um, Megan uh, Kassak, communications director for the Brunswick County government, told Newsweek that the owner of the animal will be issued a citation if it is confirmed the animal was not vaccinated or expired. That's sad. Oh, poor person. But yeah, get, get your cats vaccinated. Stay vaxxed, cats. That's like a cool little theme we could say a little 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 uh what's it called a little catchphrase for the stay vaxxed cats i'm boosted are you i got covered three times In the meantime, Brunswick County Health Services is calling on the community to take the necessary precautions to prevent further cases of rabies. These include supervising pets outdoors, keeping them on a leash, and avoiding the out- <laughs> avoid feeding outdoors. Residents are also being urged to refrain from feeding any wildlife or feral pets and secure garbage cans with wildproof lids. Wildlife-proof lids. Leave young wildlife alone, Brunswick County Health Services said. If you find a juvenile animal that appears to need help, it is best to leave it alone and call a wildlife professional. Rabies is most commonly transmitted through direct contact with saliva or brain-slash-nervous system tissue from an infected animal. Whilst it usually occurs as a result of a bite, it is possible, while admittedly rare for people to get rabies, from a non-bite exposure such as scratches, abrasions, or open wounds that are exposed to saliva or other potentially infectious material from a rabid animal. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention states, Other types of contact, such as petting a rabid animal or contact with the blood, urine, or feces of a rabid animal, are not associated with a risk of infection and are not considered to be exposures of concern for rabies. However, I would say that if you have wild animal poo, blood, or pee-pee on you, that is cause for concern for other reasons. Uh, Unless that's your thing. Like, unless it's a kink. Um, And we actually think that's probably not okay to do. Um, But I guess if you order, like, some coyote urine on the internet... I don't know, people, I shouldn't be allowed to have a podcast. This is awful. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Anyway, in the event of someone being exposed to a rabid animal, it is crucial that they seek medical assistance promptly. The Brunswick County authorities advise anyone who may have been bitten or scratched to clean up the wound with soap and water for around 15 minutes before contacting a doctor. The rest of the article is basically just about rabies. So yeah, super sad that that cat got sick and attacked their owner. I can relate. My cat's not sick, it's just a little fucking asshole and doesn't like me, and it's looking at me right now. It's looking at my heels like they're gonna he's gonna bite him. Little shit. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our next story from the New York Post. Um 
We have shocking footage showing a leopard attacking a biker, terrorizing villages. There is a video I haven't seen yet. Um, so I'm going to read the article first and then we'll listen to the audio together. Oh God, I hate this. The first line of the article, cat got your town. That's supposed to be like a cat got your tongue joke. Man, fuck you. Who wrote this? Who wrote this? Ben Cost. Fuck you. Cat got your town. Shut up. Fucking asshole. Okay. <laughs> it's actually not that bad a joke. It's better than anything I've said on this show. Shocking footage has captured the heart-pounding moment a leopard rampaged through an Indian village, attacking several people before being subdued by good Samaritans. The now viral video of the cat- oh. Catastrophic attack. Cat is emphasized. Fuck you again, dude. I, try, I defended him before, but I take it back. Fuck this guy. <laughs> the now viral video of this catastrophic attack currently boasts nearly 200,000 views on Twitter and hundreds of thousands more in ripped versions posted across social media platforms. The wild... Oh, here we go. The wild incident took place on November 4th in the town of Krishnarajaragaradara. I'm not making fun. Literally think that's how it's pronounced. In Mysore district, in the state of Karnataka. Mysore district, guys. Mysore sloth there. We've talked about that area before. In the hair-raising 11-second clip, apparently first posted to Twitter, to Twitter by a user, a snarling leopard can be seen leaping up at villagers who are watching it from a rooftop. Then, apparently realizing it can't reach them, the big cat wheels around and lunges at a motorcyclist on a nearby road. In an instant, the spotted predator closes the distance and brings the terrified motorist and his ride to the ground like a feline linebacker. That's nice riding there. The leopard then springs into a bush, whereupon a forest ranger rushes out and hurls a rock at the critter to distract it. This prompts the incensed beast to charge out of a hiding place and pounce on the stone thrower briefly before fleeing the scene. According to local forest officials, both the motorcyclist and the ranger were hospitalized with minor injuries following the rampage. He also claimed that the wildlife officials were doing everything in their power to track down the rogue feline. However, just hours after the first video, Twitter users uploaded a second post in which they claimed the same leopard had been caught by villagers that morning. Accompanying footage shows a group of uh, whooping, whoo, I guess it's like wooing, wooing bystanders carrying the creature across a field by the scruff of its neck with their bare hands. Whoa, what a bunch of badasses. The clip, oh, the clip, this is bad. The clip concludes with them piling on top of the predator like police restraining an unruly perp. Wow. According to a follow-up Twitter post, the leopard sustained minor injuries during the fray, but was subsequently rescued by forest authorities. Interestingly, most social media users seem to side with the rampaging cat. This is what happens when you piss them off by intruding in their house, declared one animal lover of the attack. Another wrote, How we treat animals is the reflection of true development of the nation. Um, I disagree, by the way. I feel bad for the people that the, the cat attacked. The cat didn't die. Just chill, okay? However, oh, here we go. People I agree with. However, other Twitter users praise the villagers for acting bravely in the face of danger. Crazy. Never seen this on video when men cut a leopard with its bare hands. Hashtag brave. Gushed one or stricken admirer. One commented a post a photo of the rock-throwing ranger with the caption, The job of forest officials, it's not innocence, it's duty. Brave people. We should equip them enough. <laughs> what? Unfortunately, leopard attacks have been on the rise in many parts of India, which experts claim is due to deforestation and other factors threatening their natural habitat. I'm not going to harp on that. We've said that every time there's a leopard attack in India, uh, it is because of deforestation and habitat loss. Um, it's just, it, that's what happens. So I, while I understand the sentiment of the people, quote, taking the side of the big cat, I think that we just also need to recognize that these people um, in this village, they're just going about their lives. They're not in charge of policy. They're not the people cutting down the forest. They're just trying to live. And uh, they didn't sign up to be attacked by a leopard that morning, I guess. But that's that's where I'll leave that. Okay, okay. Oh, let's listen to the, uh, the footage. Let's see if I can uh, play this real loud for you. Um, okay. Whoa! Oh, damn. Fuck. Throw a rock. Yeah. Oh, uh oh. Yeah. Jesus. Oh. Ooh. 
Okay, yeah, exactly what I said. He att- the, the, the leopard attacks a dude on a bike, and then he attacks a dude throwing a rock. There you go. Okay, our final scratch of the day and the end of our episode will be Teen single-handedly faces off a mountain lion, walks away with scratches. This is written by Catherine Ferris uh, on uh, Newsweek.com. Okay, so here we go. I'm excited for this one. I like a happy ending. A teenager managed to walk away from an encounter with a mountain lion in Reno, Nevada neighborhoods with just some minor scratches. A teenage girl was walking her dog on the morning of November 10th when she was approached by a mountain lion. It happened in a neighborhood that's pretty populated. Ashley Sanchez, a public informant information officer for the Nevada Department of Wildlife, told Newsweek, Mountain lions are so elusive it's rare to see them, let alone be approached by them. Sanchez said the agency contacted uh, cont- Contacted the USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, Wildlife Services, Jesus, to locate the mountain lion. They found the animal and it was euthanized. Oh, okay, so this is not as a happy ending as I thought it would be. I thought that it would be alive still. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, at least the kid's okay. According to the agency, mountain lions are typically found in areas with rocky terrain throughout the state and they avoid human disturbance. Occasionally, they will be spotted passing through the outskirts of urban areas where food is readily available. Um, They do have a section here which says, what should you do if a mountain lion crosses your path? Um, Which I will read to you. Why not? Why the hell not? I'm not in any rush. If someone comes across a mountain lion, they should avoid approaching it and not run away. Instead, they should back away slowly and give it space to leave. In the rare event of an attack, always fight back, the department said. Lions, in this case mountain lions, have been driven away by prey that fights back. People have fought back with rocks, sticks, caps or jackets, garden tools or their bare hands successfully. The details of the incident remain unclear, but officials are working to piece it together. We don't know how or why this happened, Sanchez said. She added that the dog was not injured either, and the mountain lion seemed to have approached the teenage girl before swiping at her. What happened between the moment that the animal swiped at the teenager and the moment it ran off is unknown. She did enough to scare the mountain lion away, Sanchez says. Though the teenager's injuries were minimal, the incident was treated as an attack because the mountain lion made contact with her. Okay, interesting. The agency has gotten additional reports of mountain lion sightings in the area. While attacks are rare, there are steps people are encouraged to take to deter these animals from coming onto their properties, per the state's wildlife department. Um, Homeowners should remove anything that can attract deer or other prey animals, like bird seed, pet food, or fallen fruit. Deer are one of the top food sources for mountain lions, so if they're in your yard, a lion could be too, the agency advises. Motion-activated lights or sprinklers can also be used to scare mountain lions away. And parents should assure their children are inside before dusk and not outside before dawn. There have been other recent reports of animal attacks. Earlier this month, a woman was attacked by an owl twice. What? A woman was attacked by an owl twice, and a man... Last month was attacked by a bear when he went to investigate strange noises. It's not just humans having an issue with wild animals, though. A dog escaped from a pack of coyotes that was seen chasing it. I'm intrigued by this woman who was attacked by an owl twice. Let's read about her. A woman recalls double owl attack. (laughs) Crawled away on hands and knees. Oh, let's not laugh yet. It might be bad. Okay, it's just a little scratch. Let's let's read this. A woman was left crawling on her hands and knees after a feisty owl attacked her without warning. Twice. <laughs> Kristen, uh, Kirsten Matheson <laughs> from northern Kitsap County in Washington State has been the victim of two bird attacks in the space of a week. Yes, it happened to her twice. That's so annoying. The 30-year-old revealed the culprit was the same owl which she recognized as it's seen around her property in a wooded area before. Matheson told Newsweek she'd never had a problem with it previously and had even taken photos of the creature. But last week, as she attempted to walk past the bird, it swooped out of the tree and left her with numerous gashes on her head. Matheson described the first time the owl struck, saying, The first time I was walking down my driveway at dusk on a Saturday evening around 5.30pm, and it had just gotten dark enough to need a flashlight. Something big came out of nowhere from behind me and swooped my head, and I ducked and looked up to see this barred owl land low in a tree in front of me. I'd seen the owl on the property before, and had even taken pictures of it previously, and had never had a problem with it. I've definitely never experienced anything like this with an owl before. There are more than a dozen species of owl living in Washington, including the barred owl. 
The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife described the barred species as having hooked bills and needle-sharp talons, adding their adding their feathers allow them to silently swoop down on prey. The owl went for Matheson again as she tried to walk past the tree it was perched in. As she recalled, it made contact with my head and gave me four small cuts. There was a lot of screaming on my part and I essentially crawled away on my hands and knees. She rushed home and her boyfriend disinfected the cuts with alcohol and she added she was left with little holes in her scalp. Ouch. While they weren't deep, she said it was a bit like being punched in the back of the head. I called the doctor on Monday morning and they had me come in that day for a tetanus shot and to make sure the cuts didn't appear infected as owls do carry a lot of bacteria on their claws. After the attack began, uh, to avo- she began to avoid that section of her driveway, which is around a quarter of a mile long, that's long, and took extra precautions, including wearing a hat. But the owl struck again, as Matheson said. Exactly a week later, I was outside, much closer to my house, so I wasn't as worried about the owl, when it again came out of nowhere and hit me in the back of the head. They're totally silent when they fly, so there was no warning. It was the same white barred owl. It made more contact this time and gave me five or six cuts that were a bit deeper. One behind my ear bled quite a bit. I rushed back inside and decided to take a few pictures while my boyfriend did first aid. My scalp has been very sore in the day since. They definitely pack a punch. I'm pretty confident this owl gave me long life fear of birds, she said. Aw, poor, poor Matheson. Okay, well, that's kind of a low, <laughs> a lighthearted way to end. At least she didn't die. At least the owl's still alive. Uh, that's good. It reminds me, when I was in high school, um, we had these uh, plover birds, or butcher birds, I think they were. Um, they're Australian wildlife birds that they basically, they swoop you as well. And right before my exam, I had a, a plover bird. Was it a plover or a butcher? I think it was a butcher bird. Swiped down and basically like scratched me on my ear. And I was bleeding profusely through my drama exam. Uh, and I'm blaming that for the reason I didn't get 100%. Not the fact that it was a shit script that I didn't work on. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on Man Eaters. It's great to have you. I'm really enjoying the series. Uh, next week, I don't know what we're doing next week. I've got to stop promising things because I change my mind very quickly. Next week, there'll be another episode. We'll be back. I'm telling you now, though, that we are doing Bigfoot Killer Crypt episode at some point and the next movie I'm going to watch for the Man in the Movies is going to be Snakes on a Plane and it's going to be bad and I can't wait have a fantastic week everybody I love you guts, stay safe out there because as we've learned it's a jungle out there (laughs) 